0: good mornings i'm chris oaks and coming up today cybersecurity in 2024 as the criminals and the tools they use both get more sophisticated the threats become harder to spot and harder to stop also this morning many people will resolve to improve their financial investment iq in the coming year if you don't know where to start we'll tell you about the platform that can help you learn while you earn The Children's Mentoring Connection is kicking off 2024 with gratitude and celebration and a whole host of Save the Date events to mark their 50th anniversary. We'll get details. And who wouldn't love a little bling under the tree this year? A look at the latest styles and trends among things that sparkle. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Thursday, December 14th, 2023. So Dictionary.com is the latest to reveal their choice for word of the year. Now, you remember Merriam-Webster started this off with uh, their choice of authentic as their word of the year. And then the Oxford English Dictionary picked Riz. Now Dictionary.com has gone with hallucinate (laughs) as the word of the year. Hallucinate. The senior editor and head of lexicography for Dictionary.com says they chose the word that they feel represents the impact of artificial intelligence. Or they they feel... uh, Let me read this again. It says they chose the word they feel represents the impact artificial intelligence will have on the future of language and life. So, hallucinate. The word is defined as... Uh, of artificial intelligence to produce false information contrary to the intent of the user and present it as if true and factual as hallucinate as it relates to artificial intelligence. So why did this word stand out from all of the others? Dictionary.com staff say they saw a 45% increase in searches for the word hallucinate this year as compared to last. Um, along with similar increases for other forms of the word like hallucination. Uh, Plus, there was an 85% increase in the use of the word hallucinate in digital media this year in terms of of the use of the word, not just just lookups, but also in the use of the word in digital media. Uh, Grant Barrett, head of lexicography, um, hallucinate as... Our uh, 2023 Word of the Year encapsulates technology's continuing impact on social change and the continued discrepancy between the perfect future we envision and the messy one that we actually achieve. So there you go. Hallucinate is Dictionary.com's Word of the Year. That's pretty riz, if you ask me. That's, um, very authentic. It seems that Americans are getting fed up with being bombarded for requests for tips. Do you have tip fatigue? I experienced this uh over the past weekend when I was uh away uh for uh, a few days. I mentioned I was in Florida for a few days and are eating out and you know buying things uh away and I just I did more buying things in the four days that I, was, that I was gone than I normally do because you're buying everything, right? When you're uh, on vacation, you're doing a lot more shopping. Not shopping per se, but you know, you know what I mean. So anyway, every time you swipe your card or pay for anything these days, it seems like you are being asked to tip. Data from Gusto, a payroll provider shows that tipping for service workers other than restaurant servers and hotel workers is down 7% this year. That is, we are not stiffing the waitresses. We're stiffing people like cashiers and store staff. Their employers have lately been suggesting tips of 20 or 25% on checkout screens, and Americans are just saying, no, we're not doing this. You know, there's been a longstanding thought that maybe we should just move away from tipping culture altogether, uh, even when it comes to, you know, like waitresses, hotel staff, those uh, typical professions where people are tipped. And um, I don't know. This is the, the, you know, this may be the impetus to do that. And we just are fed up and say, you know what? Because in a lot of other countries tipping is a foreign concept. They just don't do it. Or they certainly don't do it as as often or tip as much as what we do in this country. Maybe this is the thing that pushes us ultimately toward that. Uh because are are you fed up with the tipping culture? Does it here's the other question. Does it affect how much you tip, you know, your waitresses and you know the people that rely on tips? Uh, just to make ends meet. Um, I don't know. I I just, I wonder if we get to the point where waitresses no longer make enough tips to keep their jobs. They start quitting en masse. And so that pushes employers to move away from tipping. I know there are some restaurant chains who have uh, started to do that. But anyway, I think that's one of the other uh, stories that uh, we will remember from... 2023 i mentioned that uh i was away for a few days and uh when i got home uh late monday evening is why i actually got got home late monday evening um but it was so late that coming in and working on tuesday morning was (laughs) not gonna work so that's why uh i was uh off on tuesday as well but um I bring it up because I happened to see this uh, survey on the uh, Newswire, and I thought this was kind of interesting. With the holiday season coming, you're going to be spending more time away from home. And uh, when you come home after being gone for a while, um, especially if you are, as I was this weekend, uh, away from my spouse uh, for those three, four days that I was uh, out of state. And when I got home, my dog bombarded me even before I had the chance to, you know, say hi to my wife. Forty three percent of Americans believe their loved ones are more excited to see their pet than they are to see them. Now I wasn't, but my, my dog had other ideas. I mean, I love seeing my seeing my dog when I get home, but that wasn't my my first my first uh Uh, priority. But uh, the (laughs) the dog was first to see me. New poll of 2,000 dog and cat owners uh, find 43% of Americans uh, are more excited to see their pet than they are to see their spouse. About half do something special for their pet during the holidays, Um, give them their own stocking, um, buy them gifts, Holiday clothing. 68% give their pet their own special holiday meal. <laughs> we love our pets. The holidays offer the opportunity for quality time and memorable experiences with our families, and that includes our four legged families finding meaningful ways to show extra inf- uh, affection to our pets. Um, but just, they say, make sure that if you do that, uh, you are offering healthy treats. Healthy meals to your pets. (laughs) Just keep them safe. And a couple of other items here among the first things you need to know this morning: the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Have you noticed that some of your favorite snacks taste different these days? Some folks online have noticed that, for example, Ritz crackers crumble faster than they used to. Twix candy bars seem to have less caramel inside. And according to this report, uh, this is due to what they call flavorflation. Flavorflation. You've heard of shrinkflation when companies don't raise prices but uh, make their uh, items smaller instead of raising prices. Charging you the same for less product rather than charging you more for the same amount. It's called shrinkflation. Well, this is flavorflation, and this is when manufacturers change their recipes in order to save money, make it less expensive to produce the items that you buy. You still get the same amount, uh, same size candy bar, the same number of crackers in your box, but the recipe is different so that they can save money. But this can have the effect of making your favorite snacks less flavorful last year conagra changed its smart balance margarine to include more water and less vegetable oil in 2013 briars removed so much dairy fat from its ice cream that it's no longer called ice cream they call it frozen dairy dessert now have you noticed that check the box of briars uh in your freezer doesn't say ice cream anymore Chocolate makers could be replacing cocoa butter with palm or sunflower oil, which could change the taste. Unfortunately, when recipes are changed, prices typically don't go down. And the other uh, issue is, do they ever go back when the price of manufacturing goes down? Do they ever go back to the original recipe? Not often. Kind of interesting. And speaking of changing the flavor of things... Uh, Here is something that you didn't know that you needed. Doritos lovers can now enjoy a nacho-flavored alcohol. Doritos has teamed up with Empirical to create a booze that tastes like the classic Doritos nacho cheese flavor. (laughs) And it is made, yes, by using actual Doritos chips. They say it can be used in cocktails or sipped neat over ice. Doritos recommends using it to make a Bloody Mary or a margarita with a a special zing. The drink is being sold online for $65 a bottle for a limited time. For a limited time. Until people realize that it's, that's really disgusting. That's uh, Doritos booze. Something you didn't know you needed. I know what I'm getting all of my friends for Christmas now. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories. (laughs) Those last-minute gifts. I got it covered. The most interesting and buzzworthy stories (laughs) get your Thursday morning started.
1: WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Plenty of sunshine expected again today with a high in the mid to upper 40s. Clear skies tonight. A low around 30. The Ohio State Highway Patrol is investigating a deadly crash that happened in Fostoria.
2: One person died after a driver of a pickup lost control and crashed into Prometica Fostoria Community Hospital. The driver, 58-year-old Howard Stevenson of Bloomdale, was taken to a Toledo hospital by air ambulance. This passenger, 55-year-old Penny Stevenson, did not survive. Neither person was wearing a seatbelt at the time of the crash.
1: WTOL 11's Tim Miller reporting. Police in Cleveland are investigating a carjacking involving a member of the Ohio State football coaching staff.
2: It happened Monday afternoon in the parking lot of Ginn Academy on the city's east side. Police say the 28-year-old assistant coach, who was reportedly on a recruiting trip, was held up at gunpoint and his car was stolen. Cleveland police say with the help of their helicopter, they spotted the stolen vehicle driving fast and erratically and followed it until the four teenage suspects jumped out and ran. Officers then caught up and arrested them. The incident remains under investigation. I'm Clay Gordon, ONN.
1: Raise the Bar, Hancock County, has secured its fourth consecutive industry sector partnership grant from the state. Raise the Bar Executive Director Tricia Valesk says the program supports collaborations that help bring Ohioans into the workforce pipeline while meeting the needs of job creators and the local economy.
3: It really is a testament to the strong work that we have going on here in Hancock County and for the northwest Ohio region when it comes to workforce development efforts.
1: She says over the next year and a half, Raise the Bar will focus on helping job seekers and employers in the manufacturing, transportation, and logistics sectors. Learn more about the grant and Raise the Bar, Hancock County, in this story on our website. Liberty Benton local schools officials looked for an old time capsule that was buried in the front lawn of the original elementary school. The remnants of the old tree where the time capsule was buried were discovered during the search, but despite digging all around the location of the tree time capsule was not found and more than likely decomposed over time or is lost when the tree was removed remember you can always get more news online anytime at wfin.com
0: Of course, every day new cyber threats emerge, but as the criminals and the tools they use get more sophisticated, spotting those dangers gets harder and harder. Joining us this morning is Nick Biasini. Head of Outreach at Cisco Talos Intelligence Group, one of the largest threat intelligence teams in the world. Because, Nick, the stakes here have never been higher. I don't know if everybody truly appreciates, uh, you know, how high these stakes are these days.
2: Yeah, there's a, unfortunately, there's a lot of bad activity going on on the internet, whether it's scammers, uh, ransomware groups doing extortion attacks. There's a lot out there to be uh, scared of, unfortunately.
0: And the more we exist online, the more we do online in, in our personal lives, and our business lives, uh, the more at risk we are to these ever-increasing and ever-sophisticated, more sophisticated threats. So let's talk first about some of the ways that most of us will encounter These threats uh, in our personal day-to-day lives, especially right now during the holiday shopping season. What should people know about the latest online scams and credit card fraud and identity theft? All of these threats that we've talked about before, but again, are constantly evolving here.
2: Yeah, especially during the holiday season. I always like that old adage, if it sounds too good to be true, it likely is. That still holds true today. If you get that email or that text message with that incredible deal that can't be beat, it's probably because it's part of a scam. And unfortunately, with the explosion of AI and ChatGPT, those scams are going to look really convincing. There's no more obvious grammatical errors. There's no more misspellings. It's going to look professional. It's going to look targeted, and it's going to be very effective. And remember, it's not just email anymore. It's email. It's text messages. It's phone calls. It's social media. They're going to be coming at you in as many different ways as they possibly can.
0: And again, uh, as we've talked about before, you're going to be inundated with this because it is a numbers game. The more places that they can encounter you, the more likely it is that they're going to get you to click on or respond to just one of them, and that's all it takes.
2: Yep, that's absolutely true. And as a consumer, there's a couple of things that you can do to really help protect yourself. First and foremost, make sure that your software is up to date. So update your phone, update your apps, update your computer. You're going to get protected from the greatest or latest cyber threats, but you're also going to get those new features that have been rolled out. If you are going to be using a credit card online, think about using a service like Apple Pay, Google Pay, Samsung Pay, or one of the other services that prevents you from having to give your credit card directly to the vendor. But if you are going to be working with vendors, try and remember to work with those bigger, more reputable brands. You are going to pay a little bit more, but you're a lot less likely to get scammed and you're a lot more likely to get the product that you're actually paying for.
0: Yeah, that's uh, the other part. Even when you do get something in return for your money, uh, increasingly it is uh, not what it is supposed to be or made out to be. And that's uh, a whole different area, but again, uh, another area of concern. You know, it seems almost kind of quaint in this day and age to ask about protecting our privacy. I can hear a lot of people saying, what privacy do we have anymore? But there, this is still something that is still important and will always be important. What are some of the things that we need to know in 2023 heading into 2024 on protecting our privacy?
2: So one of the most important things you can do is be wary of what you're pushing online. And this is the stuff that you're posting publicly. So what you're posting on your social media feed and things like that, because with AI and ChatGPT, all of that is trained on publicly available data. So if you're posting a ton of stuff publicly, those tools can pick up all that information and potentially use it against you in a scam. So now the scam will be very targeted to you, potentially involving your interests, This is the challenge with what you're doing. Now, generally posting online, like if you're going into a web portal, logging in someplace and having to fill out forms, all of that stuff is fine. What I'm talking about is that unsolicited information, the stuff that you're just kind of pushing out into social media about where you are, what you do, where you go, all of that information, unfortunately, can get used against you.
0: Now, in addition to individuals who have to pay attention to this, how can businesses protect themselves? Uh, again, one of the things that we've heard about over the course of the past year, increased number of ransomware attacks and, you know, those kinds of things, denial of service attacks. Uh, what do businesses need to know uh, about protecting themselves?
2: Well, some of the same advice applies. Making sure that your software is up to date, that is always one of the most important things you can do. Having security technologies deployed in defensive depth to try and protect your organization is incredibly important. But around the holidays, specifically around scams, I always like to highlight brand protection. The last thing you want to see as a business owner is your logo or your company name showing up in a scam or some other type of malicious activity. So try and do what you can to protect your brand and prevent it from being abused.
0: Now, we talk about the fact that the bad guys are becoming ever more sophisticated, but We should point out, so are the good guys. Talk a little bit about what the threat intelligence team there at Cisco is doing and the role you play in terms of preventing these threats from reaching their end users. Or the uh, the intended so target? I'm a member,
2: yeah, uh, I'm a member of Cisco Talos. We're the threat intelligence group inside of Cisco. The easiest way to think about us is if you have a Cisco security product and it blocks something, it's because of our group. But what we really are is a group of researchers. We're out there hunting and constantly searching for the bad activity that's going on on the internet. We're going to identify it. We're going to block it. We're going to talk about it. And we're going to make sure that our customers are protected from it.
0: Where do folks learn more about the threats that are out there, the evolution of this, what you're doing to prevent it? Really uh, such important information and, and also very fascinating work that, that you guys do.
2: Yeah, you can go to cisco.com/go/security. That has all the information about our products as well as a link to our recently released year in review report that gives you those trends at a high level that we've been observing on the internet for the last year.
0: Real quickly, what is the number one trend that you are seeing uh from the the past year? What do you expect it to be heading into 2024?
2: It, of depends if you're talking about individuals or businesses. For individuals, scam activity is going to be bad. It's coming in a whole variety of flavors. We're talking about holiday scams, but there's romance scams, there's business email scams, there's gift card scams. Lots of scam activity out there. Be very careful. From a business perspective, ransomware continues to be the biggest threat. Mm. Uh, Ransomware and the associated data extortion continue to be big problems for businesses of all sizes now. So try to do your best to be prepared and keep yourself safe during the holiday season.
0: So very important, not just right now, but as we head into the new year, Nick Biasini, again, head of outreach Cisco Talos Intelligence Group. Nick, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Have a happy holiday.
0: Well, as we look past the holidays and into the new year, it is time for some goal setting. And if one of those goals is to set the stage in 2024 for a financially rewarding future, and who wouldn't want that? Joining us is Maya Sudakaran. Uh, Head of Growth and Acquisition for the online investment platform Plink, which is designed to help make investing easier for beginners. And Maya, this time of year, we get a lot of stories about how much people are spending for the holidays and such. Does that really tell us anything meaningful about our year-round habits, or is the month of December kind of an anomaly for us financially?
4: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Chris. Um, I had the opportunity to speak with some holiday shoppers this weekend, actually, as uh, we were live in Austin and New Orleans via our investing dollar store. And while this has been a time of increased joy and gift buying and spending for uh, for a lot of our customers, um, it is also a time of increased uh, financial stress, given um, all of the increased spending that's sure. coming up this year. yeah. So I think as you prepare for the increased spending, this can be a great time to reflect on how you've been managing your finances and just really take the reins to set yourself up for a strong uh, 2024. And the biggest tip I can provide is why wait for the new year? Why wait for the resolutions? We still have December. Let's go forth and conquer and start now is the biggest uh, gift you can give to yourself.
0: Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. Now, I know uh, your goal, as we mentioned, is to help beginners start investing and learn more about finances uh, along the way. So how does the Plink app work? How do you do this? Yeah,
4: absolutely. Um, There are multiple ways uh, we can get started with the Plink app. Um, Our mission here is to help new investors gain confidence in um, investing knowledge and providing them with the tools to learn the basics at their own pace. Um, There's no minimum required to open a Plink account. And you can start investing with Aslo as a dollar. And Chris, this is the biggest piece that we hear from customers is, I don't have any money. I don't know where to start. Right. And so we're currently offering a $75 deposit match. And you can start with Aslo. In addition to that, um, we're also able to match your um, investments with your interest. And that's a great way to... Put your head down and and, um, invest for the long term just by answering a few easy questions via our Plink Explore app. And then in addition to that, our Plink Think um, is our education hub, which gives you tips and how-tos uh, to become a more confident and educated investor and these are just some ways you can get started via
0: the plank app. and, and I, I really like that uh, educational component to it again because we're speaking at people uh, speaking to people who may uh, be very unfamiliar very nervous uh, and have some trepidation and in starting uh, all of this what are the first steps that someone should take if they're thinking about investing is there some basic education before you know, putting money in into any specific investment?
4: So Chris, we believe that the best way to learn is by doing. That being said, we also believe in the power of small investments, right? And so even just a dollar can grow over time via compound growth. So it's really about getting started and then just investing, committing to the app, uh, which can give you a lot of the tips that you need to build your confidence in the app. The second big tip that I can provide via the app also is that um, if you see them, send it. So it's really key to set up those recurring deposits or automatic investments. And that way, the money gets automatically pulled from your account into your investment account. And that way, you don't have to think about it on a month-to-month or a day-to-day basis. The investing automatically happens. But really, spending time in the app, uh, investing in yourself by learning about what are stocks, what is the stock market, what is the, and getting that like basic knowledge to build confidence, and it will help you make those
0: first steps. And just to reiterate what you were saying, I, th- I think this is important to underscore that again, small investments can help set someone up for a successful financial future. You don't, have to, you don't have to open an account and start dumping big amounts of money into cryptocurrency. Probably not the best way to get started anyway. Starting small, learning along the way uh, is uh, really the best strategy for someone who is just starting out.
4: Absolutely, and as a hypothetical, um, if you decide to put in $100 uh, this month, and that grows by 10% for 20 years. In that 20th year, you'll have close to $700, right? And that's really the power of investing, or the power of compound growth that we try to help our customers understand. Because it could it could seem like a massive mountain to climb, mm-hmm. but it's really about putting away whatever you can. It could be as little as a dollar.
0: Again, uh, Maya Sudakaran is uh, Head of Growth and Acquisition for the online investment platform Plink. Again, designed to help make investing easier for beginners with uh, new New Year's resolutions coming up. But as we were saying, no time like the present. Where do we get more information, Maya?
4: You can go to our website, which is PlinkInvest.com, or follow us on Instagram at PlinkInvest. But the best way to learn and, and get involved is by downloading our app in the Apple Store or Google Play Store. And just uh, put in what you can. Um, leverage the resources that the app is providing and you'll be well on your way to a
0: strong 2024. Good stuff there. Maya, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
4: Great, thank you.
0: Of course, as we put the wrap... Uh, put the wraps on 2023 and start to look ahead to the new year the children's mentoring connection has a big year coming up kicking off 2024 with gratitude and celebration and a whole host of save the date events to mark their 50th anniversary Stacey Shaw is with us in the studio this morning. Stacey, congratulations, 50th anniversary. That is uh, pretty impressive.
5: Yes, so. thank you, Chris. Yes, we are super excited to be um, in celebration of all of the connections that have happened over the past 50 years.
0: And that's one of the things, uh, because I, I'm, I'm tempted to ask, but I'm guessing that you don't have the the data. Maybe you do, but I would imagine it's would take a, a lot of research to come up with a number of kids and mentors that have been paired over the course of a half century.
5: Yes, I I don't have that number. I know it's hundreds and hundreds. I have yeah. boxes of paper to prove that because, of course, back then you know yeah. it wasn't it wasn't automated, so it was right. in boxes. Um, and so we do have some of that information, but um, all together ga- gathered that data. We're, we are working on that.
0: What has uh, always impressed me in talking about the children's mentoring connection are the number of those connections that uh remain years after the kids kind of age out of the program.
5: Yes, absolutely. So really, our program is all about getting a connection started, but mm-hmm. the length of that connection goes, goes decades. I mean, yeah. we, we connect with people all the time who have said, you know, I still can connect, stay connected with my mentee or my little, because if we remember, we were founded as a big brothers, big sisters organization. So mm-hmm. at that point they were bigs and littles. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking for you know, to individuals who were matched 30, 40, you know, years ago right. and have still have some connection, like any relationship. It's not something that you talk to that person necessarily every day, mm-hmm. but are those type of relationships where you pick up the phone or run into them and you pretty much can take pick up where you left off. Yeah, that
0: is really uh, amazing. Just speaks to the power of this uh, program and, and what you do.
5: Right, absolutely. And uh, just last week I was talking with, Um, one of our past mentors, and she was celebrating um, when when she got married that her mentee was in her wedding and showed some pictures. So those are really cool to see as well.
0: That is awesome. And those are the kinds of stories that you're going to be spending the next several months collecting and documenting.
5: Yes, absolutely. So that's really why I'm here today. Is we want to hear your story. Yeah. We want to hear how you were connected. We want to hear what you've done as a part of that match, either as a big and little or a mentor and mentee. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we want to see how you've grown and how that relationship has grown and, and kind of where you're at now.
0: Yeah. So, how do folks share those stories?
5: Yeah, so we're going to offer a variety of ways to do that. Um, we'll be having some some coffee opportunities where you can stop at either we serve or coffee and me, me Tea in the mornings and just stop in and share your stories. We'll also have some times, um, special times, set aside for stopping by our office, but really any time is a great time to reconnect with us. So you can send me an email, you can get on our website, whatever that is to kind of get that story started. I know over the holidays, over Thanksgiving. Um, I went to check my email and got a lovely surprise of a picture of a mentor and mentee from years ago who had got together over the Thanksgiving holiday hmm. and just sent me a snapshot. So that's what we want to see because we want to we want to be able to tell our community and to give our community a great thank you for being able to help us start those relationships. Yeah,
0: and uh, keep so many of them going for years. And again, celebrating the 50th anniversary is pretty impressive, really for any program to be al- around for that length of time. Uh, and uh, the children's mentoring conne- connection uh, is such a uh, invaluable resource uh, in the community,
5: uh, right? For right. so many,
0: uh, for so many reasons, so many different levels.
5: Yeah, so we have our school-based program, but we also have our community-based program. And the community-based program is those ones where it allows that a little bit more flexibility and those mm-hmm. those long-term um, connections that have right. happened. Um, but, you know, just so many ways to just be present in a young person's life.
0: And through the course of the year, we're going to be hearing more about those stories uh, than I'm I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah so we're hoping I
5: mean. to gather those stories, maybe even come back with a couple of those individuals sure. and share them here on the air um, and give them a chance to talk. We do want to remind people, too, that last year we moved. So when you're looking to reconnect with us, we are in the Family Center now mm-hmm. um, at 1800 North Blanchard Street. So if you're wanting to stop by, we are no longer in the Little Red House, so we want to make sure <laughs> <laughs> that um, that person doesn't get several knocks on their door um, and so that that you can find us in our right location
0: yeah uh, and as we mentioned there are several save the date uh, events coming up uh in 2024 uh, uh the whole host of uh, things that you normally do and then you have some uh things that are Uh, special for the 50th anniversary as well?
5: Yes, so we've went ahead and looked at the year ahead to Mm -hmm. kind of get opportunities for folks to come back and reconnect throughout the year because we know if we pick one day on the calendar, that's going to be pretty hard for everybody (laughs) to find for their schedule. Um, of course, it's kind, kind and of... And
0: probably too big
5: for... And, and, <laughs> yes, and, and we'll have to find the, the biggest venue in, in Hancock County to be able yeah, to host that, which really. will most likely have to be outside. <laughs> uh, but, but we'll look at that. Um, but in January is National Mentoring Month, so we have some things that we'll be celebrating with that. We'll be hosting internally our... Um, volunteer appreciation uh, banquet that we have coming up for that mm-hmm. and then of course it wouldn't be spring without Bowling for Kids right. so we will be have Bowling for Kids um, this year on March 23rd and 24th so we're excited about that we are going to make it a little bit special and have glow bowling this year so we're going to okay. turn the lights down turn the black lights on Very um, cool. and just have a lot of fun so we hope people can reconnect and join us there hopefully bring that person that you were matched with if that is possible yeah we have one lane that is sponsored by millstream area credit union that will be open the entire weekend for mentors and mentees to bowl that they've sponsored that lane. Um, so we'll have that. Um, Also super excited to be welcoming um, Steve Pemberton in April 23rd. Uh, He'll be at Weinbrenner and sharing his story. What he really speaks to is the human lighthouses that happen along in people's lives. And certainly mentoring is one of those opportunities to be a human lighthouse. So we'll be hearing from Steve and hearing a little bit about his story. So we're excited about that. Uh, July 20th, mark your calendar for that summer picnic where we are hoping that bigs and littles and mentors and mentees um, join us out at the park and be a part of that. And then we're going to kind of wrap up the year with our annual fundraiser of Uncorked and Unplugged, but really taking that time to highlight um, those matches during that fundraiser in that event. So that's going to be on November 2nd at the um, at the Hancock Hotel.
0: So a lot of events, a lot of uh, things going on to celebrate the 50th anniversary in 2024 of the Children's Mentoring Connection. And in the meantime still have opportunities for people to become mentors. And uh, how do folks do that?
5: Yes, absolutely. So we've done a lot of great work over the last 50 years, but we know we still have a lot of great work to do. And we have a lot of kids. We currently have kids waiting. Um, so we would love to hear for you if you want to be part of that next 50 years and, um, and and join us as part of our team and become a mentor, either in our school-based mentoring program or the community program. It doesn't take a lot of your time. You kind of pick the program that works best for your schedule. Um, but but you will be um, – you'll get something back from it as yeah. well. It's not yeah. just what you're giving to that child, um, but they're they're just really wanting somebody – to be there and, and, you know, that extra person in their life to connect with.
0: And if somebody is interested in learning more, what's the best way of uh, getting that information, getting started?
5: Sure. You can um, simply give us a call at 419-424-9752, or you can check out our website and all of our uh, connection information is there at cmchancock.org.
0: We've got that link up on our webpage. Again, 2024, the 50th anniversary of the Children's Mentoring Connection. Looking for all of those Uh, stories those memorable stories from uh, mentors and mentees bigs and littles over the uh, course of the past half century and uh, again more information on the website stacy shaw from the uh, children's mentoring connection with us this morning congratulations on 50 years here's looking to a great 2024 thanks for dropping by
5: thank you
2: this is good mornings with chris Oakes on thirteen thirty WFIN wfin wfin.com and 95.5 fm we interrupt this program to bring you a
3: broken news alert.
0: A Florida man fleeing police ended up driving an allegedly stolen ambulance to the sheriff's office. <laughs> uh, emergency medical services were assisting another man who was possibly under the influence or no, I guess this was the guy who you know, who stole the ambulance. I guess that's the way this uh, this all went down. EMS assisting a man who was possibly under the influence when he reportedly got into the ambulance and drove away. <laughs> Deputies gave chase, and one of the ambulance's tires suffered damage after striking a curb. The man in question then reportedly drove across uh, the front lawn and up to the main entrance of the sheriff's office where he was quickly taken into custody (laughs) well that did not end the way he anticipated i'm guessing it's not every day that a pursuit ends at our front door according to sheriff mark hunter i'm glad nobody got hurt and the suspect was not able to pose a greater uh, risk to the community the suspect uh, was admitted to a hospital and may be charged with grand theft Oh my. He's had a rich full day there. Where? Where in Florida? I don't know. Uh it it just says in in Florida. <laughs> we want to give credit where credit is due. I wish I knew the community where all this happened. <clears throat> Little excitement there. Uh elsewhere in the uh, <laughs> broken news. Um an Oregon shelter is auctioning, auctioning off a very rare find. Someone left a pair of gold Air Jordan sneakers in the donation bin. The sneakers valued at over $10,000. Sotheby's Auction House said a person helping with the shelter program at Burnside Shelter in Oregon found the, uh, the shoes at the bottom of the bin. Uh... Designer Tinker Hatfield visited the shelter to confirm their authenticity. It turns out that the sneakers that have been donated were commissioned by Spike Lee. Uh, He had them made for himself in 2019. Now, where they have been since then or how they ended up in the bin, no one is actually really sure, but 100% of the sales will benefit the Portland Rescue Mission. Um... Unclear how the shoes uh, came to be donated, but they are valued at over $10,000. And the assumption is that uh, whoever left the shoes knew how valuable they were and uh, just decided to make the uh, very unique and much appreciated donation. That's, That's all kinds of awesome there. Uh, this is the uh, viral video sensation of the day. Lady by the name, young lady by the name of Alex Earl put a TikTok out there. It's only 14 seconds long and this thing has gone viral. Discussing her habit of eating cold soup straight from the can. Eating cold soup straight from the can. Um, Alex asks... In the video, is this okay to do this? Eating, I guess, raw soup straight from the can. Her video has 3.6 million views and counting. And uh, (laughs) the reaction has been mixed, to say the least. Uh, Even the Campbell's Soup Company uh, said, it's not the best, (laughs) not the way the product was designed to be consumed. Even Campbell's Soup is saying, uh, no. Uh, While some viewers believe cold canned soup could make you sick, Progresso Soup actually stepped in to clarify, quote, our soups can be consumed cold, but whatever temperature you prefer, we agree that soup is a great meal. So... Heating up canned soup can enhance the flavors, though, they say, to uh, help you stay warm. Uh, heating up canned soup can enhance flavors and help you stay warm, but it is apparently safe to eat right out of the can. So, if you've ever wondered. But that's the, uh, the latest video, viral video buzz people are talking about. Cold soup uh, straight from the can. I don't think so. No, thank you. This is a crazy story. I don't know if you've ever seen the Bravo reality TV show Below Deck. I don't even know if it's uh, still on. It was on a few years ago. A doctor in Long Island that was featured on the show is now under arrest. Reports out of New York that Dr. Frank Martinez and his wife, who appeared on the show in 2019 and 2020, (laughs) allegedly were running a scam while they were on the show. Uh, allegedly taking personal information of others on the TV show and then using their names to fill out bogus prescriptions to get powerful drugs, including oxycodone. That's a no-no. The uh, couple were arrested after being tipped off by a legitimate pharmacist. (laughs) A little more reality than uh, they were expecting on the show. They're... Or a different reality than they were expecting on that reality TV show. And finally, in the broken news this morning, back to Florida we go, uh, where a woman from Taylors, South Carolina, was pulled over for speeding in the Sunshine State. At uh, It was clocked at up to 120 miles an hour. 120 miles an hour in the wrong direction on the freeway. 41-year-old Courtney Epps led police on a miles-long chase, ignoring oncoming traffic and even a group of runners participating in a marathon at the time. Uh, Ms. Epps eventually crashed her car into a construction site where cops say she had extremely constricted pupils and did not respond to verbal or physical stimulation she only stared straight forward in science, silence. <laughs> uh, apparently, while being examined at a local hospital, police can't claim Ms. Epps broke into a chorus of gospel songs, singing loudly. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Loudly singing gospel songs, she would alternate between Sleeping, singing, and talking to herself during treatment. (laughs) After after initially agreeing to field sobriety tests, Ms. Epps later refused, saying God the Father told her to stop. This is all according to the arrest arrest report. She faces several charges, including driving under the influence. No kidding. DUI. Weird things happening in Florida all the time. There you go. Uh, that is uh, today's broken news report, and updating the uh, unusual side of the headlines, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
1: When you're behind the wheel, it's okay to rock out to your music. But it's not okay to interact with your phone screen and electronic devices while driving. In most cases, anything more than a single touch or swipe is against the law. That means no texting, no typing, no scrolling, no shopping, no browsing. If an officer sees a violation, they can pull you over. So remember, Ohio, phones down. It's the law.
0: And now, your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. By now, I think most of us have uh, decked the halls for the holidays, right? And if you haven't, what are you waiting for? It's 11 days until Christmas now. According to a new survey, it takes the average American an entire week, seven full days, simply getting their decorations in place. That's how much time we spend on this. And then we spend another five weeks planning for the presents, the meals, planning for that quote-unquote perfect holiday. So in between planning and decorating, that's six weeks on average to prepare for the holiday season. And this is according to a new poll of 2,000 U.S. adults who celebrate a winter holiday. Maybe it's Christmas, maybe it's Hanukkah maybe it's Kwanzaa, uh, maybe it's more than one. There are those families that, that celebrate multiple holidays, but six weeks on average to do all the decorating and planning and so on. And what I thought was interesting with respect to decorating specifically, seven full days, doing, as for all that go, goes into decking the halls, 22% of those in the survey admit that they spend more time planning and putting up their decorations than they do actually relaxing and enjoying them. <laughs> I think we uh, have uh, some work to do here. That's kind of eye-opening. The survey, by the way, conducted by poll on behalf of Minted, which is a company that makes personalized holiday decor and Christmas cards and things like that. The survey finds that 9% of Americans go into holiday mode as soon as the clock runs out on Halloween. Um, On the other end of the spectrum, 8% don't shift gears to Christmas or whatever winter holiday you celebrate until the day before Thanksgiving. But most of us, 49%, use the days and weeks after Thanksgiving to hang the decorations and do all of that. Uh, The most popular decorations, uh, probably not surprising, Christmas trees or holiday trees. 47% of households have a tree. 46% use lights. 37% Santas. 35% hang stockings. Candy canes are popular decor for 35%. Other popular seasonal decor. Uh, 35% say wreaths. 33% use candles, 28% garland, 27% break out the holiday-themed table linens. And while decorating may be the way that Americans start feeling festive, 52% say decorating is the way that they get into the holiday spirit. Other, uh, Other popular ways of getting into the spirit of the season, listening to holiday music, And watching seasonal movies, 34% said that was kind of the trigger for the holiday for them. More than one-third of those respondents, 36%, still listen to and watch the same holiday movies and music as they did when they were young. Only 16% said that the holiday movies and music they consume today is totally different from their, their childhood. And they say that listening to holiday music and watching holiday movies ignite The holiday nostalgia. And that's really what the season is all about, right? Nostalgia. 29% say the music triggers that. 26% say the holiday movies. And by the way, as if that data wasn't enough, I thought this was kind of interesting with respect to gifting for Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate. Who gives the best gifts? They asked that in this survey as well and found that the top three gifters, mom with 29% at the top of the list, friends came in second at 22%, and children, their their children, 21% say their child gives the best gifts. So mom, friends, and their child at the very bottom of the list of best gifters, (laughs) in-laws. <laughs> Only 10% of those in the survey said their in-laws are good at giving giving gifts for the holidays. Well, the holiday season, there is nothing quite like something sparkly under the tree. And joining us this morning with her top picks in the world of diamonds for the holidays, from the De Beers group, Sally Morrison is director of PR for Natural Diamonds. And Sally, I know we've talked about this before. Diamonds, like anything else, there are there are trends, there are styles. What is on trend in the jewelry uh, in terms of diamond jewelry this holiday season?
3: I think, yeah, this holiday season we're seeing um, certainly a return to the classics. Um, things like diamond solitaire necklaces and... Tennis bracelets, as an example, but worn in new ways, which makes them sort of fresh and modern. Things like um, we're seeing them, the diamond necklaces with fancy-shaped diamonds, you know, oval, pairs, things like that. Um, in terms of the tennis bracelets and tennis necklaces, we're seeing them being worn much more casually. So instead of like being kept to the evening for a special occasion, they're being worn You know, during the day, perhaps with a T-shirt, maybe layered. And finally, I think we're seeing all this jewelry more and more uh, set in yellow gold or rose gold, which is a sort of modern twist. On what was you know conventionally always set in white metal,
0: I was going to ask uh, what other I mean, when we think diamonds, I mean, the quintessential image that comes to mind is the diamond ring. And obviously uh, diamond rings are are always great, too. But I was going to ask, uh, you know what are some of the other uh, things beside rings uh, where we can go with diamonds? Yeah.
3: Well, I think I, I think we just we actually it's interesting we just asked um, a lot of consumers what would be their you know most preferred piece for the holidays and uh, a third of them more than a third of them actually said they would like diamond studs and I think what's really great about diamond studs if you're getting them to, for somebody as a gift they don't have to fit right they don't have to they you right. know just put them in anybody's ear but also they're av- available at a very wide variety of price points and sizes so you can get this. Beautiful little pair of diamond studs that provides just a little bit of a light around a woman's face. She can wear them every day. It's a little bit of eternity. She takes around with her forever, and you know it makes everybody look good and feel good.
0: Yeah. Uh, and like you said, a variety of price points. So something that uh, is real affordable to something that is uh, extremely extravagant. So that's a, a yeah. really great idea there, too. Uh, now, again, uh, referencing rings, this is a big time for engagements. A lot of couples get engaged over the holiday season. What kind of engagement uh, rings are folks choosing these days?
3: You're absolutely right. Uh, The holidays are the number one time for people to get engaged. Uh, Again, we're seeing classic, you know, classic shapes, um, single stones set in simple bands. But we're seeing a lot of fancy-shaped stones. So, you know, a beautiful, I'm looking right now, in the studio there's a beautiful heart that was made by Ben Bridge Jewelers. So a heart just floating on a simple band. We also have, like, an incredible um, pear shape, which is actually from Zales, but with pave around it. So it looks very big and very substantial. So again, fancy shapes, but in quite simple settings. And we're also seeing in the engagement space, you know, people taking three stone rings or solitaire rings, but setting them maybe in yellow gold, maybe in rose gold, which gives them a just a very fresh and new look.
0: That's one of the things, too, about diamonds. I mean, uh, you don't have to get real fancy. I mean, you're talking about these simple settings. Uh, the diamond is the statement in and of itself, so you don't have to get real elaborate with everything else. That's exactly right, yes. Uh, Also, this is an area where uh, we can kind of get inspiration from the celebrity looks that we are seeing. A lot of, uh, I know, diverse designers, new talents, that kind of thing. What are some of the celebrity looks uh, that we are seeing that most capture your eye?
3: Yeah, we've actually seen a lot of interesting work um, from new diverse designers, particularly on the red carpet over the last two or three years. Um, a young, a, a young designer called Mateo is out, out of Texas, made some amazing diamond rings for Sarah Paulson that she wore on the red carpet last year. There's an incredible designer called Al Massacre, who's based in Chicago. Um, she has incredible work on her website, but she made a very big collar of blackened gold and diamond for Amanda Seyfried, um, There's a a great brand called that that made these huge statement earrings for Viola Davis. So we've seen lots of examples of young designers, independent designers using diamonds in a kind of innovative and fresh way. Um, I think it's very exciting for all of us in the space that we're seeing, like, new directions and design coming from very, very new talent.
0: Sally Morrison with the De Beers Group, director of PR for Natural Diamonds, with us this morning. Where do we get uh, more information and uh, more ideas? As a
3: starting point, I would suggest people go to uh, 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 a com. Um, and get a little bit of information, a little bit of uh, inspiration
0: there. Sally, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it.
3: Thank you very much. Speak to you
0: soon. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information on all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, maybe you're having the first of many family Christmas gatherings this weekend. We have help for hosting without the headaches. Also another collection of recipes from Kyra's Kitchen and more until tomorrow morning. That is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow to finish up the week.